Basically, it's a three-parter. This is part two. You can find the first part of our conversation on The Devil's Advocate, which is hosted by our very own Benders and Shane Ryan of The Sense Podcast. You can find the third part, which would you, you would listen to after this one, on The Sense Podcast, which, which is Shane's podcast, and that is The Frozen Biscuit. Um, basically, we just had a big, about an hour and a half talk, and we were all going to record you know, feature with each other, but this conversation was great. It was a lot of fun, and we just decided to make it a three-parter. Um, you know, the other podcasts are pretty great. It's honestly just content where it's just one conversation. It just flows. So if you've stumbled across this, and this is the first episode you're listening to, I would highly recommend you go and uh, listen to Corey's and Shane's pod uh, episode for The Devil's Advocate because that is part one and it would just make a lot of sense. If not, um, if you'd rather just listen to this, essentially where the conversation starts here, we're talking about um, the Leafs and how um, they, the way their team is built is just not built for championships. And I was making the argument that defense wins championships and that's why. And me and Shane were kind of going back and forth on that. So that's where you're going to start off here if that's where you, how you want to start. I also just want to quickly say that with a brief announcement for Manscaped. So Manscaped has a great deal on their website, manscaped.com. With the promo code THPN, you can get 20% off the best men's the best men's trimming products out there. I'm telling you guys, it works really, really good. You're going to feel great. It's a clean shave. It's really awesome and it's a great deal yet again that's the promo code THPN anyway I will now shut up and you know I'll just play this from the front and we'll get right into it it's you've mentioned Rask and Vasilevsky too it doesn't have to be a Rask or Vasilevsky it can be a goalie like Martin Jones a few years ago Matt Murray came out of nowhere any goalie especially in the playoffs can get hot I think Toronto is going to be a perfect example for years to come that defense wins championships because they're just going to get eliminated every year. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at St. Louis. Every team that has won a cup in the last 10 years, their goaltender has been their best player. St. Louis they has not always win the Conn Smythe, but they, win, they, they are their best player. Yeah. They come up big. They make the the necess- They make the saves to keep them in games and to shift momentum. Yep. And I like Anderson, but he he faces so many of those a game that he can't stop all of them. Well, we're on since we are recording for the Devils podcast right now. Throw it out there: the Devils dynasty in the late nineties, early two thousands, perfect Alberta. example. Yeah, but it was a per- they had great defensemen too. Yeah, they, they played the trap perfectly. That's mm-hmm. a team that can win championships, and they did it consistently. It just right. they you they had... weren't star studded. They weren't going to kill you on offense, but they were going to kill you on defense. And they had the goaltender. Yeah, because yeah, they had Stevens and, and Niedermeyer leading the way, but even a a solid defensive team needs a goaltender. Oh yeah, and Berder was that goaltender and and I've always held the and this is why I hate Hasek because Berder had an ego 
because if you're great, you have an ego. Mm -hmm. I don't like you may be humble, but when you're on the field or the ice, the court, you have an ego because to be the best, you have to think you're the best. And, you know, Berder had an ego on the ice, but, you know, he, if we had the goaltending that, like, if Ottawa had the goaltending that New Jersey had, Ottawa wins two or three cups in the early 2000s. Because offensively, we were the best team year in and year out. We just didn't have, like, Laleem wasn't a playoff goalie. And Hashit got injured the one year in the Olympics. Yeah, he went to the Olympics when he was told not to because he was dealing with a groin injury and then basically tore the groin and missed the remainder of the season. Yeah. Which led to Emery, but like... Well, even another... It's not just a hockey thing, too. It transcends sports. Like, Corey, you're... I don't know if you're a Saints fan, but I'm sure you're around them all the time in New Orleans. Yeah, I have to work the games. Yeah, how how great is that offense? I mean, if the offense isn't if the offense isn't isn't running, then they lose. Exactly, they have no defense. That like year no. in year out, Drew Brees and whatever story receiver he gets put up. Well, Michael Thomas has been that number one guy. Yeah, but, yeah, but but our defense hasn't been anything since. But here's the thing: alone, even, you know, the only defense to win a championship in the last like ten years was the Super Bowl 50 Denver Broncos. Okay. Like, That's right. That's right. If you, I mean, if you look at the last – like, the Saints, the, the Chiefs offense won them that Super Bowl. They were the better of the two offenses. That's true. Their defenses stood up, like, stood up, yes, 100%. But they definitely – they did enough so they wouldn't lose the game. Yeah. And I just mean, I think – New England, through that whole dynasty, though, too, almost always had a great defense. Yeah, had some of the best defense. But, you know, the, the years that they lost, they had the best defense. Like, when they lost to, to the Eagles, they had the number one rated total defense, I'm pretty sure. But when they won against the Rams, they, had a, they also had the number one defense. I mean, Brady kind of lost to the Eagles. My opinion. <laughs> yeah, because Brady's always been overrated, but that's a completely Brady, different completely different sport. That's a completely different Brady. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be interesting to see him in Tampa, though. If they don't make the playoffs, he needs to retire. Oh, I just fuck. I I thought I was finally. I'm a Dolphins fan. I thought I was finally getting rid of him, and he just had to come to my fucking state. Yeah, but you don't have to play him <laughs> twice a year. Now you're yeah, gonna get your I, I want him gone. Buffalo. I wanted him to go to LA and just I never had to think about him again. Unless he went to the Chargers, and then you would. Because just, he's in the AFC. But I don't think they I don't think they play this year, so it just wasn't worth it. No, about. but imagine if, if the Dolphins miss out on a wild card while the Chargers made it to a wild card. We're not gonna be in a wild card spot. Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying that oh, man. you know, you have you know, that, that possibility is no longer there. I just, oh, oh fuck, I hate Brady. Yeah, <laughs> so do I. And as yeah. a, honestly, I hope as a Steelers fan, seeing him go to the NFC is so nice. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I, I my thing is this is definitely more of a business decision and a retirement decision than a football decision. Absolutely. Why the hell would you go to go to Florida to the hardest division in football when you could go to LA and play? This is the thing. Tom Brady went from playing in probably the the worst division in football to playing in the best division in football against the better quarterback in Drew Brees because he was scared to go to the Chargers to play against Mahomes twice a year. I wouldn't want to play against Mahomes twice a year. I wouldn't want to play against Mahomes or Brees twice a year. But he wanted to go somewhere warm, somewhere hot, and you know he wasn't going to Miami. You knew he wasn't going to go to Jacksonville, even though he should have because the AFC South is just as bad as the AFC East. Mm-hmm. I just can't wait for sports to be back. We're talking about football now. I don't know how we got here. Because we, we we started we started defense and how uh, the goalies the goalies win championships, and then it went to how important the defense is to the goalie winning the championship because the goalie can be red hot, but he still needs that you know he still needs them to stop some of the pucks coming in, which is Frederick's problem uh, is that he he's con- too many high dangerous yeah chances. there's too many high dangerous chances he's getting fucking peppered. He can't stop them all, and, you know, it doesn't matter how good your offense is. You know, there's not going to be, you know, you can look at the Stars, like we said. You know, the Stars were able to outdo it, to outscore their opponent with Lettinen, but that eventually ends. It doesn't – it's not going to be something you can carry on. And then we kind of went on to defense of of other sports. (laughs) I'm going to double down on that, though, because every NHL dynasty – or repeat team has had great Montreal. We talked about how many cups Montreal's had. Montreal, you can make the argument against it, and that's fair. But I believe they've produced the best goalies in NHL history, more Hall of Fame goalies than any other team. Well, that's to be fair, Montreal's uh, produced more Hall of Fame players than any other team, and that's yeah. we've already addressed the reason why. But you know, yeah. I think Quebec, Quebec is a cut like a. If you look at some of the better goalies to come out of Quebec as a whole, you got Patrick Waugh, Martin Berger, and Roberto Luongo. Very nice. And I'm pretty sure two of them came out. Like three of them came out of Montreal. All three of them came out of Montreal. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, Montreal is just a breeding ground for for goalies. Same with Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, but you- even you look at the Oilers dynasty, um, Fuhrer was, you know, not – I think he obviously had a great team. Anyone would have wanted Gretzky, but he was a good goalie. The Islanders dynasty had great goaltending. The Penguins, Corey Crawford with the Blackhawks was really good. Well, the to King be fair, had, okay, so the Blackhawks won the cup with three with two different goalies, though. That's true. Because Niemi was in, uh, uh, in the first – for the mm-hmm. first win. Niemi was no comfort. People forget that Niemi was a good goalie. Niemi was a solid goalie, and then he went to San Jose, and like he just 
his confidence fell apart. And then he went to to Montreal and one Montreal's good defense sucked. He had one year, really good year with Montreal. His first year, he had a mm-hmm. he finished with a nine twenty nine save percentage. Yeah. But that second year, that where that defense was just horrid, and they went through like five goalies. It was bad. Yeah, not as yeah. bad as Philly. Philly has gone through some really bad. Philly's never had a good goalie. That's not true. They Chick had Manic, yo Chick Manic, and. Um, I want to say snow, but I don't think that's right. Pelle, the early two thousands, Phillies team, their goaltenders were fantastic. I think you Hextall. The curse of Pelle Lindberg, though. Ever since he died, they've never been able to really. It's all Carter Hart. Yeah, hopefully Carter Hart. <laughs> Bobrovsky. Oh, love it! Got that. I got the jersey. <laughs> You got the Philly Bobrovsky jersey? Yeah, I got a Philly. Uh, Do you remember Braskavov? Oh, no, I'm sorry, not not Bobrovsky. <laughs> I got Braskavov. Ilya Braskavov. He was awesome. Dude, I love his personality. He's so out there, dude. Yo, he's great. What was that one um line he was famous for? I'm going to – oh, there's that one interview clip with him. It's just he has a lot of interest. Like he has a lot of known interview clips. Yeah. Oh man, this is gonna bother me. He was just. That's why I miss in the NHL. We don't have a lot of characters anymore. And we were talking. No, because about the NHL like this. This is where my issue with the NHL and the NFL lies. That mainly in the NHL, they're so traditional, and it's hurting the game. The NFL is pretty bad too. Yeah. The NBA, on the other hand, and the MLB have accepted accepted it and have taken it by the horns and have rode it to success. When the MLB is doing something more, like, progressive than you, you have an issue. That yeah. league is so boring. Yeah. Like, they did the whole nickname. Like, the jerseys themselves were ugly, but the concept of, like, nicknames on the jerseys, that's pretty cool, pretty fun. Gets you know, play like players and fans more involved, but yeah, no, the NHL is way too conservative when it comes to things. Yeah. yeah oh, it's the. Sorry, I just ahead. found the. Go point. ahead. It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Yeah, uh, I found <laughs> yes. I found the top ten quotes by Ilya, and they're they're pretty funny. But uh, I mean, I'll read them off, but. But truthfully, you're not you're not wrong, Shane. Uh, I, I think that they're they're afraid of of that showman mentality to come back in some players, like you know, like a Brett Hall. Um, I just think that they're trying to keep that out of the game now. They want as much professionalism, but and I agree, you know, I want professionalism in a game. But you know, that cocky player makes the game a little bit more exciting. Like, you know, I don't want I don't want a league full of them, you know. But those those players challenge the teams to be better and they make the games a little bit more exciting to watch. You know, you got a hot head out there. They had the perfect opportunity to run it with Ovechkin when he came into the league with the visors and his top of the world attitude and they just missed it. And it's just gone downhill ever since. 
Well, even even guys like Sean Avery, who is a complete scumbag and horrible person, <laughs> but like made the game interesting. He was a character, right? Tiger Williams was a character in his day. Guys like that, you know, we hear about all these interesting characters in hockey, and I just think that also the marketing of these players is shit. Yeah, like they just they don't do a good job. And I think now too, all players from such a young age. They know how to do interviews, you know, like they come out of the, even in the OHL, they give the class like, oh yeah, we'll take the puck to the boards. You know, we just got to get the puck in deep. Like they all know how to not give answers and it just kind of, kind of, I don't know, it just ruin. I don't want to say ruin the game, but it makes it a lot less interesting. So imagine if an NHL yeah, player. It's like a fucking cyborg. A, yeah. Imagine if an NHL player gave a response like Marshawn Lynch did. I'm only here so I don't Dude, oh my god, that would be so sick. Like, what would, what would they know? What they, reporters would have no idea what to do. People, and that's what made Briskavov so fun because he was so unconventional for the league. It's the same thing, which is why when you you don't hear Ovechkin talk to reporters very much. No. Like, as much as I dislike Subban. His personality was good. Is good for the game. He's one of the only ones that the league's embraced, and I think it's because he's such a a nice guy. Like with the, I think it started with the donation to the Montreal Hospital. But I don't I think even they think they fully embraced it. No, it's not what it could have been when he was younger. It was a lot. His personality was a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. I think part of that was playing in Montreal, but yeah, he But just I don't know. Uh, I still stand by my statement that I made on Twitter was that imagine if CCM and Bauer branded the same way that Nike and Adidas brand when it comes to skates. No, oh, it would be awesome. Kids would love it. You're well, going to have a 10-year-old being like, oh, I want Connor McDavid skates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rocking and- around with Connor McDavid skates. We kind of saw it in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s. Sergey Fedorov had some interesting skates. We just don't <laughs> see that anymore. No, it's way too traditional, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, they've, they've really taken personality out of it. Yeah. Like, I understand the NHL motto since they've started is that you play for the logo on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. But at the same time, the names on the back sell the logo at the front. Yeah. I think I think I do think the NHL has done I do like that about the NHL that you play for the logo. I think teams mean a lot more in the NHL. Loyalties kind of mean a lot more mm-hmm. than in other sports. Like I find in the NBA especially, the one issue I have is that a lot of play a lot of fans cheer for players, not teams. Like, people are LeBron James fans, so they were a Cavs fan, and then they were a Heat fan, and then they were a Cavs fan, and now they're an L.A. fan. That bothers me, but I do like that. I do think the the NHL needs to take a page of the NBA's book and say, look, the players are important. They, they're what drive the league, and they have personalities, and they can make things interesting, and they need to embrace it a little bit. You you bring popularity to the game. You know, it, it's, it's one – I mean, you there's know, popularity in the game already. It's called the all-star vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's just you're taking 
Like, I get it. There is a sense of loyalty, but there's also not a sense of loyalty in the NHL when it comes to, like, you know, owners to players and whatnot. All it depends on the organization, I would yeah. say. But how many times have you wanted to get a blank jersey? Like, I personally, i much rather get a, a jersey with an older player on it or, you know, a player that I like no matter what. Because you don't know if that player is going to get traded. All right. And, you know, if you are – and I think this is the problem with the NHL is that their jerseys are too expensive and it causes people to, to pick a player instead of a team. Mm-hmm. And it ta- or forces them to pick a team instead of a player, which is my, my issue with the league is that if people want to – pick players let them pick players they're still watching the games they're still putting money in your pocket what like you're not hurting by allowing player like people to pick players well i kind of have kind of just a thought kind of a question for you Corey. like if the the nhl was more like the nba and we had these big personalities and stuff do you think it would help grow the game in places like New Orleans where people can identify a superstar like they did with Gretzky in LA and he really brought the game to California. Do you think that would help bring hockey to the South? I think, I think absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I understand that like, I, I like, I like that, that hockey's different in a sense of like, like the league has made it almost like, like a Herb Brooks, like, you know, you play for, you know, the team and not yourself. I think that personalities, yeah, like Shane said, that there's the all-star vote. But if you have – let's just look at – like, look, when LeBron James came on the circuit, this dude was so fucking full of himself. He still is. But you know what? I didn't know who the fuck – I knew his name. I did not care about him. But guess what? I found myself watching him one day, you know. I think that people globally, they hear, they hear this hot-headed name, like this new guy – you don't think that they wouldn't give five seconds of their time to watch it. That five seconds might turn that person into, you know, a LeBron fan, a basketball fan at that, you know, like I think that bringing their individuality, whether it's cocky or, or, you know, like, like I just PK Subban being like, you know, it's cocky back in the day a lot more, but now, now you see more of a of a of a guy who's really just trying to give back to the game, give back to the community to grow the game. I think that if you bring the personalities, allow them to be themselves a little bit more. I think that that stops when you get on the ice. I think I think that you should. We shouldn't see a Sean Avery so much on the ice anymore. But I don't mind if the guy's fucking being himself outside of the game. Like I don't want I don't want him to to you know not be himself because he's afraid of the fucking, you know, uh, a fine coming his way. Or, you know, if the fines are a little lesser when it comes to personalities outside of the game, so he's not so inclined to not be himself. You know, he can take that type of cut. I think you grow the game with, you know, I think it takes one good player. I think it takes, like, I wouldn't say we we need a LeBron in this game, but LeBron definitely, as much as no one – if your basketball fan really wants to admit it, LeBron did sell the game, you know, himself. Like he brought a, a, a new generation into watching this fucking game. I don't technically want that, but I want people to be themselves outside of the game that could definitely bring people into, into wanting to watch it. 
you know, at least watch them, which would involve them watching the game. All right, that's going to conclude part two. As I mentioned before, you can find part three on the Sens podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I thank you guys for stopping by and hope you check out part three.